Welcome back, listeners, to a new episode of The New Standard. As always, I have my partner in crime, Neil Kulong, to my left. And before we start out the program, I want to give a couple of birthday shout-outs to my grandpa, Fred, uh, to my auntie, Pat, and to brother Jerome Gordine. Uh, Happy birthday to all of you. Uh, and happy birthday to everybody out there celebrating a birthday. Big up, Neil. What's up with you? What's happening, my man? It's a great day to be a Steelers fan if you just like winning games because that is all your Pittsburgh Steelers do anymore. Just winning games as they pull out a 23-19 win over NFL rival Green Bay at Akrahines Fieldium today. Um, it a uh, uh, a weird game yet again, Lance, but this is the kind of game the Steelers know how to win. It's as if Mike Tomlin is able to force his opponents down into the muck with him where he can deliver elbows, leg drops, whatever he needs to. Uh, eye gouge. Eye gouging his opponents uh, in whatever way possible to pull off a, a victory, which the Steelers did. The first team in NFL history to be outgained in their first nine contests in a season and have a winning record. Not only a winning record, Lance, they are 6-3, and and by virtue of a Bengals embarrassing loss to the Houston Texans today and uh, Cleveland's remarkable comeback win over the Ravens, they are one half game behind the AFC North uh, lead going into now Week 11. So uh, there is a lot to be happy about with your Steelers in many ways. There's a lot to continue gnashing teeth, expressing frustration, as many people who got the mute button for me on Twitter today uh, should know if they are aware that they are muted. It was crazy. This is just kind of an up-and-down game for a, a, a team that doesn't know how to win pretty in any way, shape, or form. They're completely comfortable with games like this. Uh, not surprising. You have massive coverage issues all game, yet two big interceptions in the end zone. Uh, it seals it for the Steelers today. You had great offensive performance uh, out of several players in the first half of this game, only to kind of slow down quite a bit in the second half. They fall short yet again of the mythical goal of 400 yards of offense in a game, 323 in this one, 44 consecutive games under Matt Canada without a 400-yard offensive game. Yet, they're sitting at 6-3, and three, Lance. And as we've talked about many times, we're throwing out any and all understanding of how they are how they are doing this. We just know that they are doing it, and they probably will. So, crazy day all around. Yeah, I'm. I, I, I've be, I, before I jump into my thoughts on the game. If you want to participate in the program, please tell a friend. Subscribe. Go to YouTube. Do a search for the New Standard and Lance Williams and Neil Kulong. Also, uh, you can hear us via podcast. Go to however you get your podcast and do a search for the new standard. Check us out there as well. And we're going to jump into some of these numbers in the game. And let me add to that stat that you gave. um, I think about, what was it, the nine straight games they've gotten out gained, but also they've won nine straight of their last one-score game wins. uh, I think it's nine straight one-score game wins. What I want to say is this. This is Tomlin football. Tomlin football is finding a way. And and I said last week, I I wasn't going to get into 
sustainability. Uh, I'm just going to appreciate the wins because Tomlin football and winning Tomlin football seems to be finding a way. Finding a way seems to be what Tomlin football is. It's, it's, it's here are the characteristics of Tomlin football. They get some turnovers. They don't turn it over. They get some sacks. They make some big plays on the badonka donk downs. Uh, and Chris Boswell kicks some field goals. And they might make a play here or two on special teams. This is how they win. This is how they win. It might not be the recipe for winning a championship, but damn, it is a recipe for damn six and three. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a, a recipe it. That for is, that is a recipe for six and three. <laughs> it is a what this is. It is a recipe <laughs> for six and three, and that's what it is. And like I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm beyond nitpicking it. And because this is the formula, this is the formula. And ironically, one thing that has showed up in this formula again is they are starting to run the football consistently well. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, 31 carries for 183 yards rushing. They are starting to find a way. The team in total ran the ball for a total of 205 yards, averaged 5.7 yards per carry. Why are they running the ball better? Do you think it's the injection of Bro Joe in the starting lineup? Without breaking this game down in particular, I would say that a a large part of this has been Broderick Jones. And it's not necessarily every single play throughout the entire game. It's the, the big runs that were made in this game. Warren's touchdown. Najee had a big run in there. Jones is at the at, it, he's very close to the front of it if he is not the primary reason for it happening. Um, I, I made the comment Brian Baldinger, if any of you know uh, uh, his work from NFL Network, he, he breaks down a play um, from a couple teams leading into the week. I strongly recommend it. He's going to want to watch Jalen Warren's touchdown and see uh, what the Steelers offensive line uh, really just the, the run blocking in, in general was able to do. That that's a large part of why they are being successful. You're seeing more uh, all around effort from everybody, but in in this particular case, you saw Jones pulling from right tackle out uh, across the left end. That's a big time play. You're not seeing a whole lot of guys uh, able to move like that. <clears throat> he made a big block. You saw uh, Isaac Siamalu pull and and make a big block on that as well. These explosive kinds of plays haven't been happening. And in reality, this is what the difference has been, in my opinion. The reason um, in this, what do they average? 5.7 a carry, something like that? Because it wasn't all it wasn't all Warren in this game, although I would say Warren was the better of the two backs. Um, it, Harris and Warren both rushed really well. 205 yards, 5.7 per carry. That was the difference in this game. And it, along with that, though, it, some of it's necessity. They can't throw the ball to save their lives. I mean, it was... Too, Pickett was was subpar yet again. He was enough not to make himself a particular detriment to, to the offensive game plan. But Deontay Johnson had one catch in this game on four targets um, when he only completed 14 passes all around. And Connor Hayward is, is outproducing your primary receiver by a, a, a noticeable chunk. You've got you've got problems in your pass game. 
So the running game has had to be the explosive element, and we're, we're seeing it get better and better. Uh, it, go back to where it was at the beginning of the year. It was a complete dumpster fire. Compared to now, um, it, it looks like it was a, a junior varsity level run game. They've put they, they've implemented a lot more uh, schematic adjustments into it. You can see the guards are moving a lot more. Um, and, and Jones himself is uh, he's a legit high level player on a per snap basis when they're able to use his athleticism and get him out into space and, and, and lead block from that. They can run off to the right side as well. He's just he's dangerous when he's on the move. And that's springing explosive plays. They're only they're going to lean on that more and more as the year uh, uh, continues to progress. Hopefully, they're able to get more explosive plays with it. They needed every yard today, and I, I, for me, I think Jones is the catalyst of it because they're able to get big plays behind him uh, playing on the move, which that that's absolutely not something that has happened in the past. Here's the interesting thing in this game, and 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 you brought out uh, a great point, and. You know, we always talk about the badonka donk downs. Um, those are the fat ass weighty downs. And it turns out uh, the Steelers were woefully uh, outperformed on third down on offense. The Packers were eight of 16, 50%. The Steelers were only four of 13, uh, 30.8% in the game. However, one thing I will not us not let us be remiss in talking about was I think Maddie's sideline is much better than Booth Canada. And we still have to see, you know, some of this translate um, throughout the four quarters of the game, a little bit more consistency. But the Steelers in their first three drives of the game, and we, we haven't seen the offense as well coordinated as we've seen it in the last two games with the first three drives resulting in uh, nine play touchdown, 11 play touchdown, eight play field goal. The only problem is there tends to be some patches of punt, 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 field goal, punt, some, some, just some, it's weird how it, it, it changes a little bit, but I was encouraged by the fact that they let Kenny Pickens uh, or Kenny Pickett, I'm sorry, uh, make a critical throw in the fourth quarter on that play to George Pickens. Unfortunately, it was called back due to an offensive pass interference. It seems like, to me, Kenny is getting better. They're managing Kenny. I I'm not as down on Kenny as Marcus J and some of the others. Um, I just want to see a little more consistency in this offense, but to be fair, I think the offense is starting to improve. We're seeing some more consistency, and I think it's largely from what you said that the running game is starting to flourish. Yeah, and that's been the, the main thing because it's really all that they have. I mean, I, I believe, somebody keep me honest, but by my count, it's about 370 rushing yards the last two weeks. They're, they're running the ball much more consistently, much more effectively, and what you see with that, though, is kind of the way football is played today. It, it's successful statistically. You're, you're looking at it. You remember a couple of big plays. It's not driving the whole of your offense to, to high levels all that much. Um, a, a great running performance today. They got 23 points out of it and were largely shut down in the second half, uh, even though they, they ran the ball pretty much equally first half and second half, but they didn't 
control the game as much, uh, I thought anyway, in the second half compared to what they did in the first. They weren't as explosive. Um, Things weren't coming up their way because they were running the ball well. And a large part of that is because they they can't throw the ball. And that's that's just going to be kind of the trademark of this team, I think, overall. Um, no real reason to think that the passing game is going to improve anytime. So they're going to need to run the ball well uh, to have any more success than they have. But the fact that, that they've gotten the performances they've had over nine games, um, six of those being wins, without much of a, a, a passing game to speak of, is pretty remarkable and it says something that you know the, the defense overall probably been more bend and break um over the last several weeks they're capable of sealing games late if they have to they're capable of of getting that one more play than their opponent um stepping up and and, and making the play that matters when the game is on the line they're, they're probably more responsible for it than anything else but it's just if football is about offense today um you and I have talked about this a lot, Lance. It, it's a completions league, but this team doesn't complete passes. Uh, they're, you know, 14 today. <laughs> it's just such a depressing number. Um, 14 of 23, pick it was, for 126 yards, 5.5 yards, uh, a, 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 an attempt for the Steelers today. That they, Those are backup numbers. Those are college numbers. I mean, it's just not... It, it, it's hard to reconcile one versus the other, I guess is what I'm saying. I don't know when they're going to not get away with it, but I, it, it continues to happen. Yes. And, you know, it's six and three. And and, and I bet you if you found Tomlin in a quiet moment, uh, Tomlin has no issue with it. He probably has it, it, no issue at all with it because he's looking at, uh, you know, that six and three. He's looking at the fact that, Kenny didn't turn the ball over in critical downs. Uh, he didn't turn the ball over, kept them in the game, and they win the game. Let me ask you this, uh, because this is the first time I, I, I interacted on x.xr slash Twitter during a game, and it was, it was pretty interesting. Um, a lot of middle-of-the-field stuff came up um, about the Steelers, and, and a lot of this was in the first half. Uh, that the Steelers did not attack the middle of the field, although they had probably performed the best that they had this season on offense in the first half. Is there something to this whole thing about uh, the Steelers being scared of being uh, of attacking the middle field? How critical are you uh, when it comes down to this whole uh, wrangling about the lack of the Steelers trying to utilize the middle of the field. We always want to make correlations out of things that we see, we think are actually a part of whatever it is. There's not going to be a a, a strong correlation between the, the alleged desire to throw the ball to the middle of the field and success. You catch the ball, you turn up field and you run until you're tackled or pushed out of bounds. That's success. The fact they don't do it to the middle of the field is not in and of itself the problem. What it, what that indicates, though, is that there are not the explosive plays, which if you're not throwing outside the numbers, which they don't, um, one play they, they tried anyway, Pickett held onto the ball way too long. They're not running posts. They're not running deep digs. Those are. It's not that they're not calling that or anything. It's your quarterback isn't throwing to it. 
um, just because the ball is constantly going out to the wings doesn't mean that they're not trying to get stuff to the middle of the field. It means probably that it's covered or your quarterback doesn't want to throw the ball there. Why doesn't he want to throw the ball there? That's the answer to the question to, to act as if it's all programmed and it's all robotic is, is nonsense. That's not the way football is played. The quarterback is the one ultimately who's making the decision to throw the ball. He's not doing it. I can't say right now without being able to see an end zone view uh, how many opportunities he passed on. What I know is the one after um, they, they converted, they were around the 40-yard line, they drew something up deep. I'm going to guess that was a deep post or a deep seam or something like that. Uh, Pickett held on to it. I, I don't know why. Maybe it was the right decision. You know, Keep that in mind, too. Just because he throws it out to the flank or, or he checks down, doesn't mean he made a bad decision. It doesn't mean he doesn't Indeed. have the guts to do it. It means he didn't like what he saw, assuming that he saw it. <laughs> okay, we, we don't know. There's a lot of things that go into that is, is really what my point is. Um, maybe he was protecting the ball um, at, at a higher level today. Maybe the plan was really don't risk it today. Take what's there. We like what we have on defense, and we're going to be able to run the ball. That's where we're going to be. Um, we don't know. It, it's it's not as fluid as people think that it is week to week. There could be a bunch of different reasons for it. Um, I, I would say this. I know, you know, somebody's going to bring this up eventually when they see the numbers. Uh, Kenny Pickett's passer rating when throwing to Calvin Austin is is absolutely horrendous. The ball always seems to get picked off, close to getting picked off. When Calvin Austin is involved in a play, it seems like bad things happen. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on there, but <laughs> he's he's a guy in your team that, that has that elite-level speed. They can get him the ball down the field. He should be able to make plays. doesn't seem to work out that way. Pickens wasn't, wasn't targeted particularly deep all that much in this game, but 15 yards a catch is probably about right for him. That's where he was, three catches, 45 yards. They weren't able to get Johnson involved uh, very much in this game. It was just a, a blah passing effort, and they really didn't throw the ball that much. So to some degree, I think it, it's it's a product of not being able uh, to to work things deeper down the field. Sometimes that's a protection issue. Sometimes it's a general game strategy. We don't want to try to throw the ball uh, deeper all that much. There are a lot of things to go over with it. I don't think it's quite as simple as they don't want to throw the ball to the middle of the field. There, there's there's a lot of reasons for it. Of, of course, it's more complex than they don't want to throw the ball over the middle of the field. And I, and I just took it as, I mean, it, and it kind of showed up on, on, on X or Twitter, whatever it's called. People are just in their camps. Like whatever their camp is, if their camp is, Kenny's not the guy. There's no in-between, typically. It's either Kenny's not the guy, Canada's not the guy. Like, I, I think in fairness, you, you kind of just have to look at the game in and of itself. I mean, the game may have played out where um, stuff wasn't open. Like you said, um, it was a tight game. You know, maybe he holds the football, makes some smart decisions, and manages the game and doesn't turn it over, which is a part of quarterbacking. Um, and it could be a case where when you look at the all 22, like you said, a lot of a lot of the play calls have options where the ball can be thrown over the middle of the field. But when the Steelers come out and go touchdown, touchdown, field goal, and people are complaining about throwing over the middle of the field, 
when they score for the first time this season on the first three drives? Come on, man. That's not seeing the forest for the trees. I, I think you got to take a step back and start looking at it from a different lens. This offense, albeit, has struggled this entire year, but it would not be, it would be fair to say it's getting better. How now, how much more does it need to be better for them to logistically realistically compete for a championship? We don't know, but we do know it's getting better. And and that's the evidence of that is two wins, two opening drive scores, play script to start the game is very solid. And so, you know, I'm like, uh, let's take some of the positive things that the Steelers have been able to get on offense and continue to build on those um, because they're going to need to over the next few weeks. Because I think they got what Cincinnati and Cleveland coming up over the next two games. And, um, yeah, and, 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 and you might just see, and it'll be interesting to see what you get in those games. But I, I think one thing is for sure. One thing is for certain. The Steelers have hit on their first three draft picks. Keanu Benton is playing like a grown ass man. Um, unfortunately, Neil just posted here. Uh, Quan Alexander has a serious low body injury. Um, I, that, that means they're probably going on a waiver market to probably they're, try to find they're gonna, they're another signing guy. They're signing a veteran as we speak. <laughs> yeah, they're going to sign a veteran. They're, they're going to have to. Um, Brojo is going to be the starter moving forward. And Joey Porter Jr. is going to be the starter moving forward. So we're, we're starting to see some positive things uh, moving forward uh, with this football team. Anything else stand out to you? Uh, that was pretty big in this game, Neil. I'm glad you brought up the rookie class. I mean, it, you know, Porter, it, it's we knew this when he was drafted. He's going to be a, a potential penalty liability and a guy playing aggressive press coverage the way that they've had him play. Uh, it's going to happen, but he's making plays along with that. You know, it, it's a hell of a lot better than Levi Wallace, who never touches Yikes. the receiver <laughs> or the ball for that matter. <laughs> Um, you, you like what you're building with Porter. It's not, you don't feel like you're losing out on anything, but I thought Jones played very well, made a, a couple plays in this game uh, that were significant. Um, Darnell Washington, my guy had a couple big time blocks. He's developing um, in, during his baptism by fire. He's getting in a lot of snaps with the absence of Pat Fryermuth, uh blocking very well. Keanu Benton, I saw him break two double teams, which says two things. One, He's capable of breaking double teams in his his ninth NFL game, and two, they're double teaming him as a rookie. Um, I, I excellent job from him uh, overall. Very excited about the, the direction that he's going in. This is a great functional draft class for the Steelers. We should be excited about that. Absolutely, and you know, like Noah K reported here. Hopefully, they'll get Minka back, um, Coach Corey said he wouldn't be shocked if Keanu Neal moves into a linebacker role. I could see that. Um, however, I definitely could see um, them getting pounded in the run game some more. Let me ask you, uh, are you concerned about Cam Hayward? Two pretty iffy games from him. Um, 
I, you know, concern is, is probably a fair word. He's not making the plays that you think that he would make. Uh, and their run defense is getting gouged right in their gap. You know, it, it, it's not like the Packers are screwing around. They're not doing misdirection types of stuff. They ran right at him a lot and beat him off the line. Um, that is, I just praise Keanu Benton a bunch. I don't, I don't want to act as if it was a perfect game up front. It definitely wasn't. But uh, Hayward, you know, I don't, the, the times that I was watching him, I don't think he looked as explosive. Um, for me, what I feel like watching him was sort of like, um, if you remember two seasons ago, I think they didn't they play the Chargers on Sunday night and then they came back and played the Vikings in Minneapolis on Thursday night. Um, Cam, up until that point, which I, I believe was like through 14 weeks or something, I felt he was on pretty much a defensive player of the year pace. He was playing at a year high he, level uh, every game. That's the year he beat up Quentin Nelson. Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. And then uh, he just, in, in that Vikings game, the short week, uh, lack of rest, and, and he had to play his balls off the, the previous week, he fell apart, and the Vikings ran all over him. And it was probably Cam's worst game since early in his career. Um, I, I feel like it's kind of that. So in, in, in one manner of, of thinking, it's kind of like maybe he's not quite back yet. The, the stamina isn't there. The conditioning isn't there. He's got to you know, work a little bit more. Um, yes, unfortunately, uh, my former guy, um, Isaiah Loudermilk is, is not, he's not passing the class right now. Um, it, I don't want to say it's just Cam Hayward, but I'm not seeing great reps from him. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I'll watch it again. Um, I would, you leave the door open for, for Cam Hayward. I think he will get back to, uh, you know, a, a good level. Maybe he just needs more time to, to, you know, continue working through post-surgery, um, and come the end of the year, he could be playing his best football. I don't. I, I hate to be the nitpicky guy, but I'm gonna be the nitpicky guy on a particular play that stood out to me. And maybe I don't know if it stood out to you as well. And I forget the guy who who tweeted it, uh, who xed it, or whatever on Twitter X. Um, Acra Hines. Uh, he wrote small back energy when it came to Najee Harris. On when he tried to jump over a guy. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just being cranky old ass guy. But if you're well, 6'2", 240, can you drop your damn shoulder and not try to jump over a dude? Can somebody tell Najee he ain't cute? Come on, man. Can, can we can we minimize the small back energy? It's hard to yell at Najee when you saw Connor Hayward, who's bigger than Harris, is do the same thing in the first drive of the game. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, gain yards, but protect the football. Um, do what you need to do. Just protect the football. It, at some point, somebody is going to anticipate you jumping because you can see it. And you're without that friction on the ground, that ball is a lot more loose in your hands. They're going to get a helmet on it. They'll wait for you to land and, and drill you there. Uh, if you turn the ball over hurdling a guy, I don't want to hear he's just competitive. He's trying to make a play. It's not trying to make a play. That's trying to make a highlight. And I, I'm not going to go on the Pickens rant again, but you're not a YouTuber. You're a football player. Play the game. I thought it was a nice little comeback game for as little as the Steelers did in the passing game to Pickens. I, I, I thought, you know, and although Pickens only had three receptions for 45 yards, 
I'm measuring um, his involvement in the game by the fact that he, I thought he was very competitive blocking on the edges and, and helping the Steelers get some big runs on the edge. And when's the last time in terms of the Steelers rushing game? And to your point about the Green Bay Packers running game, they averaged 4.8 yards carry had 116 yards running a football. When's the last time we've seen two Steeler running backs have 20-yard runs in a game? Um, so I think things in terms of the running game are necessarily or definitely moving in the right direction. And this is a solid win. I mean, I'm not going to complain about these wins anymore. This is Tomlin Ball. One score, get one turnover, kick at least two or three field goals, hold on at the end, and hopefully you're on the right side of the W. I mean, that's what it is. I, I can't expect anything else. Be prepared to grossly overpraise your quarterback for having a modicum of success by the fourth quarter. <laughs> Ignore the first three quarters. In this case, oh, yeah. Kenny had a four-quarter dull, drab, boring uh, performance that didn't exactly uh, inspire his team's ability to succeed. Um, you know what? Here, I wanted to get into this. They have two tight ends who block, and they have one tight end who doesn't really play like a tight end. They don't have their tight end, okay? Connor Hayward is not a traditional tight end. Um, I don't even know who the third was this week, but Darnell Washington is blocking and blocking only. He is not receiving. They're really not putting him into patterns. Um, throws to the tight end, it's great. You know, it, it, it doesn't really matter so much who you're throwing it to it's depth of field it to some extent it's location of field uh, which is not to say you get more points throwing between the seams than you do to the outside um, I wanted to bring that up as well Patrick Peterson I thought um, two critical plays for this game uh, one that the tip on the interception that was critical uh, just considering Green Bay probably would have scored otherwise uh, and the blocked extra point which ended up being significant being that Green Bay got the ball back after Calvin Austin decided to to lay a guy out across the middle on a crossing route, which if, if we want to dovetail this, Lance, what what are they teaching the receivers? You you can't do these things, okay? You can't make contact like that that far down the field. They're going to call that every single time. That was as dumb a penalty as Pickens coming back to dial the guy up against uh, who was it two weeks ago? It wasn't Jacksonville. It was. It, or Tennessee, I mean, was it Jacksonville? These are things young receivers need to be taught, and Austin cost them a significant play. He can't initiate contact like that. Um, that was a throw to the middle of the field that otherwise would have worked, and your, your own receiver is the one that nullified that. These kinds of things add up, and they make it harder for an already overwhelmed offense um, to, to move with anything, to have any type of fluidity, and it's costing them big plays. That was a big play. It was one of the few really well-thrown balls that Pickett had all game, and he put it right in the money. That should have been a first down. It should have been the game. Um, they, they kneel it out at that point, and it's over. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, everything I'm seeing is a torn Achilles for Quan Alexander, which is really, really too bad. Um, he was he was the outlet guy. Keep that in mind. You know, Cole Holcomb is supposed to be taking basically every snap. Uh, Quan Alexander was signed late. They don't even have that anymore. They've got Landon Roberts, who I like, but is really kind of a one-phase player. And they've got Mark Robinson, who they felt so good about. They went out and signed three linebackers this offseason. 
So uh, there's another guy's coming in. I don't know who it's going to be, but um, yeah. Is it? Um, could it possibly be a former first rounder? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> former first round linebacker. I don't what which one are you talking about? I don't know. Uh who our former first rounder who did not get the fifth round, who did not get the fifth year option. Bush? He's still with yes. Seattle, isn't he? Do they oh, cut is him? he still with Seattle? I thought they cut him, but I could be wrong. The the fact that we don't know just tells you everything you need to know about Devin Bush. <laughs> I I don't honestly, I don't they wouldn't bring back Devin Bush. I I don't think anybody wants that guy around. It's just a <laughs> bum. Yes. Plays like a bum, acts like a bum. You can have him. I'm and and big up to before we get out of here, big up to Mel, big up to everybody joining us on this Sunday. Again, it might not be pretty, but we come to know what Tomlin Ball looks like. Tomlin Ball looks like this. And on the other side of Tomlin Ball, most of the time, it is a victory. And the Steelers are at six and three sitting in second place in the division with a win over Baltimore and Cleveland. And, uh, you know, if the Steelers somehow roll the dice, get lucky these next couple of weeks, hey, man, you could be talking about the Steelers with a number one or number two seed in play. But with that, we're going to conclude the program. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Go Steelers 6-3. and three.